Last night, we were doing the IRL podcast, and I have been watching Mandalorian season two. I really liked the show. And there was some controversy over Gina Carano. She is a former MMA fighter, and she is one of the stars of The Mandalorian, playing the character Cara Dune, who is featured fairly prominently in the first and second seasons. Well, they were trying to get her fired because she was criticizing World War II Germany. We'll we'll put it that way. We'll we'll get into more of the details in a little bit. But she was criticizing the political hatred, and she was correct in what she was saying. To put it simply— she reposted someone else's post, I believe that's what happened, where they basically said what happened in Germany was only possible because the government demonized the, the, the Jewish people in Germany, resulting in this mass hatred, which eventually paved the way for the government to take action. That's historically and factually true. And we see it in a ton of other countries. In fact, I didn't even think it was that controversial and didn't care. When they said they wanted to get her to get her fired, it was, they were putting this hashtag up, hashtag fire Gina Carano. I was like, that's never going to happen. They're not going to fire over this. She was criticizing World War II Germany, right? Well, she got fired. And now Cancel Disney Plus is trending on Twitter. It still is. And so is Gina Carano. And this is absolutely psychotic. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to show you a tweet. From one of the stars of The Mandalorian, the show with which uh, uh, Gina was actually a a cast member. I'm going to show you a tweet they made that resulted in nothing, no action. And uh, it just shows you the the psychosis that currently exists in modern culture. Now, it is a photo from World War II. So you are being warned. If if that's not something you want to see, then don't look at it. But I'm going to click over to it now. This is a tweet from Pedro Pascal. He slash him. Pedro Pascal tweeted in June of 2018, comparing migrant children being detained to the Holocaust. It's an image from 1944 Germany. And uh, what was he trying to imply? That the current government were doing similar things? Isn't that exactly what Gina Carano did? I don't understand. Well, I have to wonder if right now Gina Carano puts out a message criticizing the, you know, World War II German, uh, Germany party, and you get offended by it, I have to wonder, is it striking a little, little too close to home for you? Well, that's what's happening. She didn't do anything, uh, to be completely honest. She made a post saying, stop demonizing your neighbors. It paves the way to something disastrous. That's about it. And here we are. Cosmic Book News reports, Cancel Disney Plus trends on Twitter in the wake of Disney and Lucasfilm firing the Mandalorian star Gina Carano. Carano, who starred as Cara Dune for two seasons of The Mandalorian, it was expected to star in the Rangers of the New Republic spinoff, was fired by Disney over tweets comparing political oppression to that of the Nazis' treatment of Jews. What did Pedro Pascal do? You look, man, I like Pedro Pascal. Uh, I, I, he's, he's been in a bunch of movies I really like. Uh, I, I... Wonder Woman 1984 was kind of not a good movie, but I think he did a good job. I kind of liked his acting. And he was also in Kingsman, The Golden Circle. And I actually think that movie is pretty good. Nowhere near as good as the original Kingsman, mind you. The first Kingsman was awesome. Second one was pretty good. And he's the Mandalorian. Uh, Seems like a cool dude. But he definitely seems like a spineless loser. And that, look, 
I can respect the acting and think the guy does does well as a character. But man, is there a, a stark contrast between the spineless like weakness of Pedro Pascal and the bold strength of the Mandalorian. That's why we call it acting, ladies and gentlemen, because the dude knows how to act like a tough, a tough guy, space cowboy, all that stuff. But not in real life. In real life, he just says, what, I mean, look at this tweet. OK, look, what he's tweeting and what he said takes no courage, none whatsoever. He puts his pronouns in his bio because he lives on his knees. I'm sure it's great to have a nice, well-paying job. But think about this. Is canceling Disney Plus going to do anything? No, I don't think so. Early on, uh, I say early on, several months ago, I think, there was an attempt to fire Gina Carano from the show because she put the pronouns beep, bop, boop in her Twitter bio. Gina, you're awesome. <laughs> and uh, people got mad at her. They had a conversation and she took those uh, that, that, that she took that stuff out of her bio. I actually think that was the right thing to do to take it out of her bio. You got to understand this. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to blindly tribally stand for for any group. She's a representative of Lucasfilms as a character on Star Wars. The reason people these actors are hired for for these shows, it's not just their ability. It's their marketability. So Gina Carano is pretty rad and she has a lot of fans. She's an MMA fighter and now she's, she's been doing acting. She was in Deadpool. She played a great character. And so they're looking at this is the brand value that will help boost the show and make us money. So I can certainly understand if you put beep, bop, boop in your, in your profile, it might be funny for half the country, but not the other half. So you don't need to do it. You don't got to put pronouns in your bio, but you also don't got to mock them either. For me, I don't care if you do it. Other people do. So if I hear a private business, Disney, is like, listen, we want to market to everybody. Okay, can you not do that? And then she says, okay, and she she took it out because she talked with Pedro. I respect that. But at the same time, you take a look at what Pedro Pascal is doing with putting his pronouns in his bio. Well, that's offensive to the other half of the country, but there's the double standard. I don't care if someone puts their their, their pronouns in their bio. I really don't. But there are people who get offended by it. I guess there's, there's, there's an issue of a particular political imbalance. People on the left are, are more likely to get offended at things, more likely to claim things will lead to violence and all that. And thus, it's fine if you take one tribal side on the matter and not uh, on the other. Thus, Gina Carano can post something not too dissimilar to what Pedro Pascal himself posted. But because Pedro Pascal has them pronouns in that bio, they support it. Here's the funny thing about Gina Carano's post. They say that she's comparing being a Republican to being, you know, a Jew in, in World War II. The Post didn't say any of that. It just said how, how you know, what, what they did was demonize people so their neighbors were pitted against them. How is it any different from attack, targeting someone based on their political viewpoints? Donald Trump went after the far left. Donald Trump roasted the squad. Shouldn't we be saying that? Couldn't we be saying, well, that post equally applies to Trump and the demonization of the left as well? You could. I think it's, it's, it's one thing that I've tried to say over and over again is we've, we've got to communicate. We have to have open dialogue. There, people are your neighbors. This is the issue. There is absolutely a double standard. We all know it exists. So I'll tell you what. I canceled my Disney+. Plus. I, I hated WandaVision. Let's be completely real. The first three episodes are the most... It is the worst thing I have ever seen. I'm talking like 
everybody at the house to come together and we're all chilling. We got these beanbags and a big old TV and we put on WandaVision. If you're not familiar, it's Wanda Maximoff from Avengers and Vision from Avengers. And there's a show. And we watched the first episode. And after the first episode ended, we all just gave each other this look like, what was that? And we turned on the second episode. And then I just fast forward and I'm like, no joke. It's not a real show. It was just some like satire, I guess. I don't want to watch Mad TV style satire. And some people do. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't even good. At least Mad TV, I know it's a joke. Well, episode four is where the show really starts. And I actually like it. So I ended up getting my own Disney Plus. I ended up, uh, I've been watching more Mandalorian. I like the show. This is it for me. Listen, man, guys, listen, you really do have to put your money where your mouth is. No joke. You have to cancel Disney Plus. Seriously. You have to. I've never been a big boycott, you know, guy. I've never been uh, super strong on that kind of organizing or, or, or activism, but you really have no choice at this point. For real. I canceled my Netflix a while ago because your money is what's propping up this psychotic behavior. Disney thanked the paramilitary group that is keeping uh, Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps right now. And Pedro Pascal has the nerve, the nerve to criticize Trump. And they don't fire him. Look at what he posts about these camps. And look at what China's doing right now. And look what Disney did when they thanked them. That is psychotic behavior. Stop giving them money. They use that money to push more psychotic behavior. I think it's funny that Newsweek says conservatives are outraged by Gina Carano firing. Urge people to cancel Disney+. Plus. You know what? We got a very serious problem when it's a partisan issue that China is running concentration camps. And so we should cancel Disney+. Plus. I do think, to be completely honest, the stupidest reason to cancel Disney+, Plus right now, Gina Carano's firing. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think Gina Carano is awesome. Uh, I think her, her, her posts are funny, and I respect her for standing up, being brave and speaking out, and being a dissenting voice, especially in the face of, you know, cancel culture and all that stuff. I think she seems, uh, let's, let's, let's put it this way. I, I looked up her fight record. I'm not entirely sure if this is accurate, but they say she had eight fights. She won seven. She's pretty tough, and I can respect that she speaks out and defends herself. But listen, if you're going to cancel Disney Plus because she got fired, I personally do think, eh, there are better reasons to cancel Disney, Disney Plus. Notably, and in order to accurately convey this uh, message, I throw it to the good old Majid Nawaz. He says, uh, I see canceled Disney Plus is trending over MMA fighter Gina Carano of the Mandalorian fame being canceled. But Disney collaborated with China's genocidal security services in Xinjiang while filming Mulan, even thanking them in the credits. Shouldn't Disney cancel themselves? He says Disney whitewashed John Boyega's Star Wars, Star Wars character out of their Chinese market poster to please the Chinese market. Woke corporates are not your friend. Disney's self-admitted collaboration with Xinjiang's genocidal Turpan security services while filming Mulan in China is worse than ill-advised speech. Mandalorian star Gina Carano is a victim of woke hypocrisy. This is the way. <laughs> For them, apparently, he says, many misunderstand what about her. I ask why you don't like apples. You say, but Adam doesn't like apples either. What about her? I ask why you don't like apples when I offer, yet you accept some when Adam offers, pointing out hypocrisy. Let's let's try not to be hypocrites. Perhaps the most important point that I hope you all take with you, that I hope you all point out to your friends. 
Pedro Pascal compared what the U.S. to the Nazis. Disney Plus used paramilitary labor or, or, or worked with, collaborated with a paramilitary group that currently is operating concentration camps of an ethnic mi- of, of an ethnic and religious minority. They are performing forced abortions, sterilization, putting people in re-education camps. It's part of the concentration camp. Disney thanks them. Not peep, not a word. Now, a lot of people were mad, let's be real. But why weren't we all canceling our Disney Plus back then? I guess a lot of people did, for real. And you know what? Shame on me for signing up for Disney Plus. That's the challenge. Memory is fleeting. We, 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 we so easily forget. Disney is notoriously known as anti-Semitic. Uh, family, family Guy routinely rags on Disney over this stuff. So I'm not surprised. The reality is this. If you demonize your neighbor, then you will end up with a civil war. People won't just back down. And we are a nation where people have lots of guns. We don't want this. We don't want to be fighting with our neighbors. And we don't want people demonized. But we're at that point. I'm reminded of Hamburg, Germany, a couple of years ago when I was there with uh, Luke Rutkowski. He was, uh, well, I, I, he was there by himself. Essentially, a lot of people were in Germany. He was the G20. He was walking down the street when some random person pointed at him that he was a Nazi Schweinhund, Nazi pig. They don't know who he is. So he's walking down the street and someone yells and points. Random people jumped up and ran up to him, started punching him in the face and beating him and this other journalist. This other local German journalist had nothing to do with anything. Didn't matter. That's Germany for you. They seem to be that way and they seem to have always been that way because too many people in that country are ideological psychopaths. We don't want that here. But it's happening. There was this video that took place in Berkeley a couple years ago where some regular guy, he's wearing a polo, was walking around filming, he was live streaming. And then Antifa started attacking him, literally surrounded him, screaming, who are you? Why are you wearing a polo? And he's like, what? (laughs) He's just wearing a polo shirt. They surrounded him. They attacked him. They stole his phone. That's where we're heading with all of this. I don't think it stops. I don't think canceling Disney Plus will do anything. And we can hold it back, I suppose. There's no Republican leadership pushing back against this. They're in favor of it for the most part, or they they cower before it. But this is the, the mass cultural institutions. How does someone like me or you compete with Disney? I worked for Disney once, mind you. They paid me a lot of money and they wanted me to start producing woke content. And I said, I'm not. Are you crazy? It was a joint venture, mind you. It was Disney and, and Univision, this ABC News and Univision. And I say Disney because Disney's a parent company of ABC News. And they were like, it's time to start producing wokeness. And I was like, I, there's the door and I can walk right out. And they're like, no, you're under contract. So golden handcuffs. The funny thing is, they sank hundreds of millions of dollars into that venture, into that venture, decided to get woke and then totally went broke. Here's the problem. Right now, the culture war is raging and... Over the past several years, the left has just become more emboldened, angrier, and let's be real, more powerful. They claim it's the conservatives. They're the ones who are going so far right. Are you nuts? Pedro Pascal can tweet basically the same thing as Gina Carano and she gets fired while y'all thank the paramilitary group running concentration camps. Shut your mouths, hypocrites. Here's the problem. Conservatives complain about it. Conservatives act in good faith like uh, doting fools, and then nothing happens. I canceled my Disney Plus. 
I shouldn't have signed up in the first place. I kind of regret doing it because the the the, uh, the the Uyghur Muslim thing that that should have been obvious to me. But like I said, memory is fleeting. We forget. Here's the issue. Complaining on the Internet will solve nothing. Complaining on the Internet gains everything for the left. They will not bend the knee to you or me. We can complain all day and night. I can get millions of views on my channel every day talking about this stuff. And they they're not going to do anything. They don't care. They don't care about what you think. They barely care about what these people think. They just they're just ideologically driven, heavily biased. And this is what you get. There is one thing you can do. Stop serving them. You give them money for what? Cancel your Netflix. Cancel your Disney Plus. Start something else. This is what needs to happen. If you are going to save yourselves, if we are all going to do it, we need to start something else. The Daily Wire is doing it. You know what? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm heavily inclined to do it. You got an idea for a script and you got the chops for producing great short films? Send me an email. I think it's time we start building culture and doing our own shows and having, you know, making our own content and then maybe hosting it in our own places. Maybe it's time you stop worrying about what Disney thinks uh, and, and just build your own thing. Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. Too often, the culture war is about conservatives, moderates, the anti-woke leftists, disaffected liberals. It's about them complaining about what the machine is doing instead of just, instead of just being positive. Let, let's, let's, let's make sure that this, what, we, what we talk about here leads to a positive opportunity, a, a positive outcome. We can sit here all day night and complain like the left does. Complaining works for them because they're petulant and violent and it works for the right and the moderates and the disaffected liberals, those who aren't woke. It does not. So clearly complaining about it isn't the solution. The solution is opportunity. How about we start talking about what we can do? How about we start talking about what we can build? How about we start shooting some short films? I got a ton of ideas for short films. I, I, I wrote a song, published it. Maybe you've heard it. It's called Will of the People. Check it out. It's on the Timcast IRL channel. Just Google search Tim Pool, Will of the People. And trust me, you'll, you'll, you'll probably like it. Not everybody likes it. Not everybody likes every song. But it is a well-made song. I'm not, uh, I mean, produce, production-wise. And I think it's time that people just start making their own content. Oh, so they want to cancel uh, Gina Carano from Star Wars or whatever? Well, you know what? Save the Mandalorian. Star Wars is basically dead as far as I'm concerned. I watched all these movies. They're all trash. The sequel movies are the worst garbage I've ever seen of whiny baby trash. It's just seriously awful. Mandalorian was pretty good. They got Jon Favreau and, uh, uh, you know, uh, however you pronounce his name, working on it. And they've had some good directors. And the show is pretty good. It's episodic, though, for the most part. Why don't we just make our own show? Why can't we just? I'll tell you this. Daily Wire. You got a production house, take a show with Gina Carano and make it basically the same thing. There you go. They were going to do Rangers of the New Republic or whatever with her. That was the, that was a speculation. Don't know if that's actually going to happen or don't know if it was if it was actually going to happen. So take the, the general concept, a space Western, cast her in the lead role and roll with it. There you go. You know, what, you know, you know, a show I really, really love classic Cowboy Bebop. Can we do a space bounty hunter show? Can we do something like that? Can we take the core essence of what Mandalorian is and just do it better? Because I got, I got to tell you, all it's really been, and I'll be real with you, trying to repair 
the damage done by the sequels. Fan service. Luke Skywalker is there, and Ahsoka Tano is there, and Boba Fett is there, and I'm like, oh, look, it's Boba Fett, now it's Luke Skywalker, yay, and I'm kind of like, it's cool, you know? Let's make something new. Let's make something new. We have the power and the ability to do it. This is what this is my plan with the TimCast.com website, why we're signing people up and we're expanding. It's not just going to be TimCast.com. We're going to be launching a new website, and the goal is to do all of this. I'd love to do shorts. I don't think I, like, I certainly don't have the budget of Hollywood to make something as particularly crazy as Mandalorian, but we can get pretty close in, with, with, within certain confines. Maybe we don't have the ability to shoot an interplanetary space sci-fi with CGI. It's very expensive, but we can still do other things. So I'll tell you this. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm one person. I've got a bunch of people. They work for, uh, you know, Timcast. And none of these people are creative producers for the most part. We have like one, basically. But we want to make more culture stuff. We're, we've been talking about setting up the vlog for, some, vlog for some time. The problem is I'm a particularly busy individual. Maybe it's time we start hiring people. Maybe it's time we start just making fun content. The vlog is the easy step. You see, we hire someone with a camera and good editing skills to make fun videos where we're snowboarding and get ATVs, you do backflips, you go to the shooting range and just have a good time, skateboard, all that stuff. But we also want to do some fiction content. We want to do skits, comedy, and all that stuff. And you're not going to cancel it. So what? I take a look at the Blaze. I take a look at, you know, these subscription services. And I got to say, what does the Blaze offer? I mean, they're, they're cool. I, 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 Glenn's a good dude. I, uh, I know him. Um, Crowder's a good dude. Um, Lauren Chen, I think, recently announced she was leaving, but they got a lot of great people over there. They got to do more. You can't just do talk. You got to do more. You have the opportunity. Make TV shows. Make fiction shows. You don't, you don't have to break the bank like Hollywood does. Don't worry about what they're doing. Hire shows on your own terms, uh, produce shows on your own terms. And the budget won't be as good, but if the writing is good, because get what go broke, then you'll make it work, right? I think it's not particularly hard to make something better than what Hollywood has been producing as of late. And I don't think it would be that hard to eventually attract these, these powerful voices in the entertainment industry who are sick of the, the woke insanity. It's time to get away from LA and Hollywood and start making our own thing. You know what I love? I get a lot of messages. They say, Tim, I thought your song was going to be trash and it was going to suck. And then I listened to it. And it was actually pretty good. And I'm like, yes, because I'm not, listen, you know, we, we, we make fun of like good flicks or whatever it's called, like these religious conservative, not, you know, alternatives, or there, there are these channels, they produce movies and shows that are like conservative and they're always party. They're always pretty hokey and bad. Well, that's not me. I'm actually creative. I grew up playing music. I grew up producing documentaries and skate videos. And so the stuff I make, I'm not going to pretend like it's the greatest stuff in the world, but it's certainly not bad. And that's what we're going to do. There are regular talented people who hate wokeness. They're looking for jobs. In fact, there are a lot of people looking for jobs. Now's the opportunity. I think I'm going to take it. I think that's the next thing I'm going to start doing right now. I'm going to start looking out for people who want to start producing short films. Easiest way to get started. We're not going to do a long form TV show. Maybe we can just do some short films, write some scripts, bring some people on and just make some fun YouTube videos. And you know what? We'll put up on them. We'll, we'll put them up on a website. We'll uh, we'll make we'll make it much like Disney Plus. You pay a monthly subscription. You get access to all these shows and all this fun stuff. How does that sound? We have to do it. Otherwise, this will keep happening. Gina Carano has been dropped by United Talent. So it's not even just this show. She's basically not going to get booked anywhere. Unless people who are willing to work with her start booking her, which they probably will, and they should. 
Now's the time to find that talent that doesn't want to be in Hollywood anymore and can bring that power to an independent market. And we can tell the woke psychopaths to buzz off. Otherwise, it only gets worse. That's our opportunity. Let's roll with it. I got a bunch of really great ideas for short films. I need, I need someone who can, who can help me put some stuff together. Let's do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. You probably clicked on this video because you saw the title and the thumbnail. Now, the first story that you see is very different. Was Tim lying in the way he framed this video? Why, the article from Dallas News says Texas doctor stole coronavirus vaccine to give to his family and friends, authorities say. An attorney for Hassan Gokal says the since-fired public health director was making sure unused doses didn't go to waste. The story is from January 21st, 2021. The story now that we're getting from the New York Times, the vaccine had to be used. He used it. He was fired. Ten doses of the COVID-19 vaccine would expire within hours. So a Houston doctor gave it to people with medical conditions, including his wife. What followed was, quote, the lowest moment in my life, Dr. Hassan Gokal said. Why was this man punished for giving vaccines to people minutes before they were going to expire? The gist of the story, and we'll read through this. He had some vaccines. They have an expiration date. They have to be refrigerated for a certain amount of time. And when he saw that they were about to go bad, he immediately started making calls to people who desperately needed the vaccine. He gave one to his wife. He was called out because they noticed too many Indian names. So they say, no joke, too many Indian names. Why are they punishing him? I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because they have long pushed for racial quotas. Take a look at this story from the New York Post, July 16, 2020. The lunatic drive for racial quotas for COVID-19 vaccinations. And I have more stories on this. They've been doing it. Based on the story, it sounds like you have a doctor who had a tough choice. Either they go bad or I use them. And they noticed this list has too many people with Indian names, therefore no diversity. So they're punishing him. I believe he's actually facing criminal charges for stealing. His lawyers are now pushing back, saying they're going to go bad anyway. There's several things to break down in this story. First and foremost, the horrifying reality of equity, this idea that everyone must be equal all the time, no matter what, dis disregarding individual choice, disregarding a community's choice. I, I, I agree there's problems. I'd like to see everybody get access to the vaccine. But this idea that this man was caught simply because they noticed Indian names or there was something about it that wasn't diverse enough is insane. But we also have a couple other issues. One, media framing. In the story from the New York Times, they make him out to be a hero, a victim. It's interesting. Maybe he's not. The story from Dallas News says he stole the vaccine to give to his family and friends. Maybe that's true. Which story do you believe? They're both certified by NewsGuard. They can't both be true. Either this man is a thief who stole vaccines to give to his family and friends. That's why there were so many Indian names they claim. Or maybe he's telling the truth with the New York Times when he said it was going to go in the gutter. The media choose who's the hero and who's the villain. But more importantly than all of this, I think the rigidity of the system is, is something we absolutely need to talk about. I've long complained about the lack of humanity in these systems. Here's a guy. He's got vaccines. They're going to expire. Give them to whoever you can. 
Now, my understanding is he's not the only one who's gotten in trouble for something similar to this. There were other doctors who realized that with with only hours left before this would go bad, they decided to give it to people they thought needed it. And here we go. This is a doctor who did the right thing. Why waste the vaccine? Well, it's the rigidity in the system. Everything must flow in a very specific way. You go to court, you get a ticket. The judge says, well, that's the system. No room for humanity, for compassion. Now, that's not the scariest thing to me because that's uh, it's, it's, it's in the system. It's been that way my whole life. You'll get pulled over. The cop doesn't care what your reason was for doing what you did. Just that, you know what? If I give you a ticket, if I arrest you, you get arrested. Maybe you're speeding because you got to go to the bathroom really bad and you're in a tough spot. Well, a compassionate cop might be like, I'll follow you. Go quick. I get it. We want to make sure you're safe, not putting other people at risk. But I can understand why you're rushing. Or, you know, you have that narrative of a pregnant wife in the car and the cops like, I'll give you an escort. But there are a lot of cops just like, I don't care. Tell it to a judge. And I've experienced that in this instance. We need to recognize there, there has to be some flexibility. Now, the scarier thing beyond that, OK, is the racial quotas. Let me read you the story. The New York Times reports the Texas doctor had six hours. Now that a vial of COVID-19 vaccine had been opened on this late December night, he had to find 10 eligible people for its remaining doses before the precious medicine expired in six hours. Scrambling, the doctor made house calls and directed people to his home outside Houston. Some were acquaintances, others strangers, a bed-bound nonagenarian, a woman in her 80s with dementia, a mother with a child who uses a ventilator. After midnight, and with just minutes before the vaccine became unusable, the doctor Hassan Gokul gave the last dose, dose to his wife, who has a pulmonary disease that leaves her short of breath. For his actions, Dr. Gokul was fired from his governmental job and then charged with stealing 10 vaccine doses worth a total of $135 a shun-worthy misdemeanor that sent his name and mugshot rocketing around the globe. It was my world coming down, Dr. Gokul said in a telephone interview on Friday. To have everything collapse on you, God, it was the lowest moment of my life. They say the matter of Dr. Gokul is playing out as a pandemic-weary American, as, as pan- pandemic-weary Americans scour websites and cross state lines chasing rumors, all in anxious pursuit of a medicine in short supply. The case opens wide to interpretation, becoming a study in the learn-as-you-go bioethics of the country's stumbling vaccine rollout. Late last month, the judge dismissed the charge as groundless, after which the local district attorney vowed to present the matter to a grand jury. And while prosecutors portray the doctor as a cold opportunist, his lawyer says he acted responsibly, even heroically. Everybody was looking at this guy and saying, I got my mother waiting for a vaccine, my grandfather waiting for a vaccine. The lawyer, Paul Doyle, said they were thinking this guy is a villain. Dr. Gokal, 48, immigrated from Pakistan as a boy and earned a medical degree at SUNY Upstate Medical University in Syracuse. After working at hospitals in central New York, he moved to Texas in 2009 to oversee the emergency department at a suburban Houston hospital. His volunteer work has included rebuilding homes and providing medical care after Hurricane Harvey in 2017. And they go on to describe a bit more about his life I'm not super interested in. He goes on to say, I was petrified to go home and bring COVID to my wife. I mean, the guy's a doctor, right? Fortunately, said the Harris County Public Health Department recruited him in April to become the medical doctor for its COVID response team. The job paid less, but he was eager to protect his wife by limiting his exposure to the coronavirus in emergency rooms. On December 22nd, Dr. Gokal joined a conference call in which state health officials explained the protocols for administering the recently approved Moderna vaccine. 
The 10 or 11 doses in a vial are viable for six hours after the seal is punctured. Dr. Gokal said the advice was to vaccinate people eligible under the 1A category, healthcare workers and residents in long-term care facilities, then those under the 1B category, people over 65 or with a health condition that increases risk of severe COVID-related illness. After that, he said, the message was, just put it in people's arms. We don't want any doses going to waste, period. Now, that's great. That doesn't fall into the racial quota narrative. That's the just get people what they need if they need it. Now, that's good. And they go on to mention the story about what actually happened. But let's say this. Let's move, let's move on to the part about the equity. They say hours were counting down. The doctor figured that if he returned the open vial to its department, almost certainly empty office at this late hour, it would go to waste. So he has started, started the drive home in a neighboring county. He called people in his cell phone's contact list to ask whether they, they had older relatives or neighbors needing to be immunized. No one I was really intimately familiar with, Dr. Gokal said. I wasn't that close to anyone. When he reached his home in Sugarland, waiting outside where a woman in her mid-60s with cardiac issues and a woman in her early 70s with assorted health problems, he inoculated both. Eight doses to go. Now let's scroll down and make sure we get to the point because I'm not going to follow everything having to do with everyone he vaccinated, but let's get to this point. Several days later, the doctor said that a supervisor and the human resources director summoned him to ask whether he had administered 10 doses outside of the scheduled event on December 29th. He said he had, in keeping with guidelines not to waste the vaccine, and was promptly fired. The officials maintained that he had violated protocol and should have returned the remaining doses to the office or thrown them away, the doctor recalled. He also said that one of the officials startled him by, by questioning the lack of equity among those he had vaccinated. Now, is this possibly the real issue? In my opinion, the answer is yes. Quote, are you suggesting that there were too many Indian names in that group? Dr. Gokal said he asked. Exactly, he was told. Elizabeth Perez, the director of communications for Harris County Public Health, said the department was unable to comment on its protocols, the December 29th vaccination event or the Gokal case. On January 21st, about two weeks after the doctor's termination, a friend called to say that a local reporter had just tweeted about him. At that very moment, one of his three children answered the door to bright lights and a thrust microphone. Shaken, the 16-year-old boy closed the door and said, Dad, there are people out there with cameras. This was how Dr. Gokal learned that he had been charged with stealing vaccine doses. Why was this a big issue? Well, depending on who you ask, they'll tell you uh, equity or they'll tell you no equity, I guess. James Lindsay, he's uh, one of the pre uh, uh, preeminent critical race theorist critics, I guess. And he tweeted about this, highlighting the equity portion of this, how they want racial quotas, meaning if you deviate from their racial quotas, you are creating inequity. That's a problem. Someone responded saying, no, no, this is about racism towards a Pakistani doctor, because if it was a white man who did it, well, then, you know, people would have let it slide, which I'm pretty sure isn't the case, because I think there was a similar story about a white doctor who did something similar, not exactly the same. I don't think that's true. I think what we're seeing is the perverse ideology of critical race theory and how they have been continually pushing for race-based quotas. The LA Times is a story how race factors into decisions about who should get priority for COVID-19 vaccines. They want everybody, everyone to be equal. They want race-based policy, which is racism, which will make racism substantially worse. And it is. That means you, could go to the doctor because you desperately need some kind of medication. And they'll say, sorry, 
we won't be giving this medication to you because of the way you look. That's really the big problem here. The diversity that the left pushes is about appearance. We were told over and over again not to judge a book by its cover. Now we have a modern left saying we should literally give out vaccines based on the cover of the book. If you need the vaccine and you're there and the doctor has it and it's going to go bad, you should get it. The problem then is you will see a disproportionate amount of one race getting the vaccine over the other. And because the psychotic zealot cult is controlling cultural institutions and and it's getting worse, they will lock you up. There are police officers who don't care. They don't care so long as they are given the order by their, you know, their boss, by the government. They don't care if it means that they're going to destroy vaccines or medication that people need so long as they're following their orders. And that's how this kind of thing gets enforced. The cops don't care. They say, we're just doing what we're told. We're just following orders. We're just doing our job. At a certain point, we need to restore humanity to the system because rigidity doesn't work. That's where the problems arise. But it's, it's amazing to me. Did you have the story about a doctor who's like, it was going to go in the garbage? Shouldn't have I just used it? No. I love it. I remember when I was little, I went to a Burger King once and they had a whole bunch of breakfast sandwiches that they were literally chucking in the garbage. And so me and my friends were like, yo, can we have those breakfast sandwiches? And they said, no, we can't give them away. We're like, well, you're throwing them away. You're wasting them. Just give them out. And they said, well, the problem is their boss explained if they start giving out all of the breakfast sandwiches at 1130 because they have to throw them out, then people will just stop coming in for breakfast at 10 a.m. to buy it. Then they'll just show up at 1130 for the free sandwich. So it's better to just throw it all in the trash. I certainly get the logic, but I think that's insane. That's a problem with the rigidity in the system. Now, when you start getting into the racial quotas for healthcare, that's when you lost me. I used to be a very big proponent of universal healthcare. Then I started hearing them say things like ban private insurance. And I said, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We want universal healthcare with private insurance. That makes sense. Then I started saying, perhaps the best thing we do now is just a public option. So we have a public system and a private system. Now I'm even getting away from that. A public system right now, I'm not entirely convinced would be a good thing if they're trying to make medicine based on race. Sorry, uh, that's not going to solve the problem. It's going to make the problem worse. We want to make sure that everybody has access to healthcare that I can respect. I liked the idea that we could just honestly pay a lot. That's right to make sure that people have some kind of base level care. It's expensive. And the challenge is, I don't believe I have the right to force someone to pay into it, which is what makes it really hard to implement systems like that. Cooperation should be voluntary. So here's the idea. Here's my, my, my longstanding position. Base level care is covered. If you break your hand, if you get the flu, you can go to a doctor and you don't accrue that debt. Uh, now, you don't accrue that debt. My understanding is that in some places that actually does work that way. And in some places it doesn't. I'm saying that we should be able to get our bones set when they break or if someone needs Tamiflu. But if you have a very serious illness that takes a ton of resources, then maybe you'll need to have private insurance. That makes a lot of sense. I just like to see a system in place where we can make sure people aren't dying in the streets. The problem, they have showed us their hand. They have said right now with this vaccine rollout, if you give us the reins of controlling healthcare, you will be rejected based on your race. I'm not okay with that. My family dealt with that racism stuff a long time ago, and y'all want to bring it back? Uh Uh-uh. No. You want to talk about class issues? 
I'm more than happy to set up free clinics and talk about nonprofits to provide, you know, uh, health care to, to low income individuals and areas that tend to have historical poverty, which you'll then see an overlap with race issues. But if you want to tell me that we're going to start just basing who gets health care when on race, no way, dude. Uh uh-uh. uh. Just, I'm not having it. Now you want to come to me and say universal health care. My problem? What happens when there's some 12-year-old white kid who breaks his hand and he shows up, to the e- shows up to the ER and they're like, you got to wait because you're white and we have a racial quota system. We have the progressive stack. That means if someone comes in later and they doesn't matter what they're you know injured with or sick with, based on race, we're going to determine who gets to go in and who doesn't. Nah, that's a nightmare scenario. That'll result in people with guns shooting other people. That'll result in buildings being burned down. You know what, man? You want to see chaos. Have a dad bring his sick son into a hospital and then have them say, sorry, not him. He's the wrong race. And see what that dad does. There's a movie. I think it's with Denzel Washington. I can't remember what it was. It's a really good movie. He's He's got a kid. And I think it's like he goes to a hospital and he holds everyone hostage because his kid's going to die. That's the I, people are willing to go great lengths to save their children, even if it means sacrificing themselves. It's bad enough when we have out of reach health care due to cost. That's scary stuff, man. It really is. I understand that not every disease has a cure. Sometimes people get terminal illnesses that they can do literally nothing about. Sometimes there are illnesses or diseases that people get, have, or inherit that can be cured, but it costs way too much, which creates a serious problem. Someone goes to the hospital and says, please save my child's life. And they say the treatment for this ailment, this illness is $3 million. There's no way we or anyone else could afford it. The people then get angry. You have the cure, but you won't give it. The problem is the labor that goes into the production of these treatments is extensive. Sometimes, and don't get me wrong, we have a very serious problem with the healthcare industry in terms of pricing. Definitely think so. We need, we need hard reform. But there are certain circumstances where the medication is expensive for legitimate reasons. Hard to source, hard to create, hard to put together. And that means there is a path towards saving an individual and they won't be able to get it. I don't know, I don't know how you solve that problem. The labor that goes into inventing and creating the cures costs money and the system must be sustained. So if a business invests $10 million to develop a cure for something and they get one out of it, how do they fund that machine to make more unless they charge a lot for that medication, which is tough. But what happens if someone goes to the hospital and they say, my, my child has, a, has this ailment, can you cure him? And they say, there is no known cure. Well, then people don't blame the system. Just be, it seems like we're a victim of our own success in many ways that we'll develop a cure for something. And then once it's known about, everyone will demand it, even if we can't synthesize it fast enough. That's one of the main issues with universal health care. And I think it's, I think it's horrifying. The idea that, you know, you know, the cure exists, but they're not going to give it to you because of cost. How do you pay for it? This is why some people advocate for universal health care. And this is where I actually say, yeah, I kind of agree. If we all pitched in, we could save this person's life, maybe produce more of this life-saving medication. And I like that idea greatly. I absolutely love it. I'd be willing to spend way more money in taxes if I knew that money was going towards saving people's lives. If I saw somebody on the ground and they were bleeding out and then there was a pile of money on fire and I knew that I could run over and stomp the fire out and save the money, but the person would die. Of course I would forego the money. I don't care about money. I'd run over and put pressure on the wound. Even if I didn't know if I could save this person, I would sacrifice a lot to save somebody. I would give a lot 
I, I, I would actually pay someone's medical bills if I knew I could save their life. And I've helped people out several times in the past with things like that. The problem here is racial equity and quotas that I will never support. So you've lost me on that one. 100%. I will not let someone die based on their race. That is psychotic. That's where we're going. They want racial quotas in giving people this vaccine. That is psychotic. We want to make sure people get the vaccine. And we want to make sure everyone has equal and fair access. And class plays a big role in this. I do not want anyone to die just because they are poor. And I'd be willing to do what I had to do to make sure we can save them. The problem is, if you told me we were going to implement a universal health care system that was going to make sure the poor don't suffer and people who can't afford it don't die, I'd say, I love it. Absolutely. I've worked for nonprofits to help people who are sick and can't afford it. I've donated. I've paid off people's bills. But if you told me that system would result in other people who are poor, but of the wrong race being rejected, then I would say absolutely not. That's psychotic. That's where we're going. That's why this story freaks me out. Now, I don't know if that's the exact reason, but I think this doctor did the right thing based on the story being told. If he had the vaccine and it was going to go bad, best use it. There's one factor in this. They mentioned he didn't know if it would have been used or not. And that's where things you start to ask some questions. He said that if he went back to the facility, it may have gone to waste. So he decided just to use it instead. Okay. Seems like the people he gave it to weren't necessarily his family or friends. Some of them were. Not all of them. But maybe it was just because his friend's friend or his friend's family. Maybe he really did steal these. I don't know. In the end, we have a story where equity became an issue that identified what this guy had done. Too many Indian names they noticed. That's scary. The lines being pushed further and further and the, and the cliffsides eroding, my friends. You know, I can talk about it all day and night. I just hope you're paying attention to what comes following this, because there will come a time when you may be holding your child saying, save him, and will say, what's his race? Sorry. No, thank you. We fought hard to end that era. Very hard. I just say my, my, the, my ancestors, the people who came before me, fought very hard, and they succeeded. And now we're in a new fight, because the racists, the racial identitarians, are gaining control of the cultural institutions, and they have it. And now they're going to start pushing Nazi-like policy. That's where we're at. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. It's a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The woke media mob is once again coming for Tucker Carlson, demanding his show be removed from the air and that anyone who sponsors his show face a boycott. Look, this isn't the first time it's happened and it won't be the last. We have had the CNN media team relentlessly harping about Fox News. It's all they really talk about, probably because there's nothing else to talk about. So I don't find this attack to be all that genuine. I just think that with Trump out of office, the media is desperate and I've got other articles to prove it. In a hilarious article from The Atlantic, they're saying, I miss Trump. No joke. They're saying they miss Trump. But anyway, more to the breaking news and what, what, what the results are going to be. Tucker Carlson ran a segment about the Capitol riots. In it, he referenced how the left was rioting as well with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, rioting for months following the death of George Floyd. In the segment, Tucker Carlson claimed that the reported cause of death was a carefully concocted myth and purports that, in fact, George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. 
what's true. George Floyd did, according to court documents, have a lethal amount of fentanyl in his system. However, the official reporting is that his death was due to neck compression and it was ruled a homicide. This is Tucker Carlson's opinion. It's an opinion show. Whether he should be on the air, that's not entirely up to me, is it? I can certainly express my opinions. I don't agree with Tucker Carlson's assessment, but I do think it needs to be uh, taken into consideration because we want to avoid politicizing what's really going on. And if you want to understand this world, then you would likely need to see the source material that Tucker Carlson is in fact citing. Based on court documents presented about the amount of fentanyl George Floyd had in his system, Tucker Carlson has presented his opinion, which I think is valid. For political reasons, I think many people are saying the, it's, it's not true and he's lying because they want to get him taken off the air. I'm not entirely convinced they really care about Tucker Carlson, though. I actually think they love the man and they love Trump. There's an article from The Atlantic, as I just mentioned, called I Miss the Trump Days and I Was the Enemy of the People. They changed the title. They need a boogeyman, and Tucker is perfect for them. He can say something that they will deem to be controversial, but is backed up by some facts, albeit Tucker's opinion is not the opinion of a medical examiner, so take it for what it's worth. But it gives them something to complain about. If Tucker actually got banned, well, <laughs> they'd be, well, that would be pretty bad for them. So you know who did get banned? Project Veritas. They have been completely suspended from Twitter, and not just temporarily, it looks like their account has been completely removed. Why? We can see the difference in the censorship play. No large outcry demanding a news outlet be permanently removed like they're doing to Tucker Carlson. Why? Well, Tucker's an opinion guy who gives the left a boogeyman. With Trump gone, they've got something to complain about. Project Veritas just does undercover reporting. You can't really complain about the opinions around a live video, or I should say a video recording of some executive at some company saying something damning. Real journalism versus Tucker's opinions. Now, don't get me wrong. Tucker has done a lot of legit journalism, but his opinions are his opinions. So they'll call for him to be banned and then he doesn't get banned. Project Veritas releases hard facts and video and information. They'll claim it's manipulative. It's deceptively edited. Sorry, many prominent news organizations do the exact same thing. You don't complain about that. That's the issue. Veritas had to be removed because it was a real threat. Tucker is great in my opinion, when, when he's giving his opinion and expressing his thoughts and giving a voice to many people who feel like they don't have an outlet. But the machine loves him. It's their opportunity for the boogeyman. Granted, I do think they want to destroy Tucker's show and they hate Fox News. But I think as much as they complained about Trump, as I mentioned, they really did love the man and they're becoming scared and desperate. So let's go through this. We have a lot of information around censorship and the results of this psychotic behavior. And we'll break down what Tucker Carlson really said. You know, I'll add this. I think Tucker Carlson masterfully played these people because now they're going to have to put the source material and actually ask questions about George Floyd and the medical reports. I think politics could play a role in this, which is why it's not my position to tell you how George Floyd died other than the official reporting is that it was due to the police actions. There is a report related to fentanyl. You can figure out what you think. Tucker certainly given his opinion. And now because of what Tucker has said, the left is propping up that narrative. People don't seem to understand this. Just because you say something isn't true doesn't mean people believe what you say. You've just presented the information to them, and now they'll decide for themselves. Before we get started, however, head over to TimCast.com and become a member so you can get access to our exclusive censorship-free, for the most part, to be honest, members-only content. We do say things that you typically can't say on mainstream social media because we'll get banned. And we have a new post from Matt Brainerd. 
discussing his report on illegal ballots in Georgia, and he gives his opinion on what they've discovered. It's a very interesting segment you can get access to on TimCast.com. Now, I'll be honest with you. We put it there because this kind of stuff that YouTube bans you for, and there's not a whole lot we can do. As we expand the website, we will have more content be free, very important issues. But if you want to support the show and allow us to keep doing this work, become a member. That way, if we do get banned because of the things we say on the TimCast, IRL, I say we as in the TimCast IRL podcast and the people who work for the company, we'll always be there at TimCast.com, at least until that goes belly up as well. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's see exactly what they're saying about Mr. Tucker Carlson. Vice reports, Tucker Carlson just lied about George Floyd to defend Trump's insurrection. Carlson went full conspiracy theorist, claiming that last summer's Black Lives Matter protests were based on a, quote, carefully concocted myth. Well, let me break this headline for you. Tucker Carlson didn't lie. He gave you his opinion. His opinion is not law, and it could be wrong, but there is data to back up his opinion. I don't think Tucker Carlson is a medical examiner, so I'm not necessarily going to take his opinion at face value, but I will point out the evidence as it stands. Let's read what Vice says. It said Wednesday night, far right Fox News host Tucker Carlson hit a new low as he tried to defend former President Donald Trump's actions to incite violence at the Capitol insurrection, lying about how police killed George Floyd. Carlson, a staunch defender of Trump, who has repeatedly downplayed the Capitol riots as political protests that got a little out of hand, told his audience that Floyd died from an overdose rather than the the result of police brutality, calling the reports about the 47 year old's death an utter lie and, quote, carefully concocted myth. Quote, there was no physical evidence that George Floyd was murdered, Carlson said, adding that the autopsy showed that George Floyd almost certainly died of a drug overdose, fentanyl. Carlson's assertions are complete BS. Not only has former police officer Derek Chauvin been charged with secondary murder, but the Hennepin County medical examiner ruled Floyd's death a homicide, citing the cause of death as, quote, cardiopulmonary arrest complicating law enforcement subdual restraint and neck compression. Let me just start by saying vice getting charged with a crime is not evidence of, of you actually committing that crime. You're innocent until proven guilty. But you are right about the medical examiner. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy, to be completely honest. I think Tucker has his opinion based on the evidence he's seen, and maybe he does think the medical examiner got it wrong. I don't think he's going full conspiracy theorist at all, and I don't think there's a conspiracy theory here anyway. I think there's court documents showing that George Floyd had a lethal amount of fentanyl in his system. It doesn't necessarily mean he would have died from it. I'm not a doctor, okay? Neither are you, neither is Tucker, but the medical examiner is. I can only lean on what the medical examiner is saying, and they bring this information up. But you can think they're wrong, and you're allowed to believe political pressure plays a role. Let's read more. They say a second independent autopsy found Floyd died of asphyxiation from sustained pressure from Chauvin's knee on his neck. In the face of shocking new evidence presented during day two of Trump's impeachment. (laughs) No, 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 no. Shocking new evidence. I'm not going anywhere near that impeachment garbage. It's a waste of time. They go on to say Carlson was trying to find a way to undermine the Democrats' case. To do this, he portrayed Floyd's murder at the hands of a police officer as something of a false flag event and claimed the impeachment trial was another example of this liberal plot to upend the old order of America. Okay, I'm not going to get too deep into any of that stuff. I'll tell you my opinion. I think the Democrats despise Trump, and I think he's an excellent boogeyman for them to rally the left together. Because without Trump, they don't have anything unifying them. So this is a great opportunity for them to do so. Plus, we know many on the left think words are violence. They're really scared. So, of course, they're going to have a more extreme view relative to conservatives. 
That's about it, I suppose. I also think it's unfair that we have this double standard where the Black Lives Matter writers did come out and destroy a ton of stuff, burn down cities, and Democrats literally sought to bail them out. Yet Donald Trump saying peacefully march. Well, that's evidence of a crime, I suppose. They go on to say that Carlson took issue with Rep. David Cicilline's portrayal of the rioters as an angry, uh, as an armed angry mob. Quote, there are no reports to the rioters that day discharging weapons or threatening anyone with a gun. So what is he talking about? Carlson declared, despite the Capitol Police Union revealing that at least 140 officers were injured, including Officer Brian Sicknick, who lost his life during the attack. Well, let me just stress this. Some of the latest reporting on Officer Sicknick is that they don't believe it was blunt force trauma. They believe that it may have been related to bear spray or some other incident that ultimately resulted in him passing. We don't know for sure. But also, Tucker Carlson specifically said discharging weapons, a gun. Injuries have nothing to do with that. Carlson suggested that Sicknick's death and the subsequent outpouring of grief was part of a coordinated plot by Democrats. I think you're you're looking too far into advice. People coordinate everything. Literally, the impeachment is a coordinated plot by Democrats. I get it. Saying it that way may may be more nefarious than it is. But the Democrats have planned how they will run the impeachment and what they will show to win their case. And that's it. They go on to say, quote, they'd finally found a police officer who served their political uses. Kamala Harris and her husband, for example, arrived to pay their respects. And as they did, they said not one thing about defunding the police. But in fact, the story they told was a lie from beginning to end. Carlson then went even further down the conspiracy rabbit hole, claiming the FBI had paid informers in the ranks of the protesters and even speculated whether Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi had helped escalate the violence. Carlson then brought the argument around a Floyd's death by baselessly suggesting that just like the insurrection, everything we know about his death was a lie. The question is, why would they lie about this? Carlson speculated. For an answer, think back to last spring. Beginning on Memorial Day, BLM and their sponsors in corporate America completely changed this country. They changed this country more in five months than it had changed in the previous 50 years. Carlson concluded his argument by suggesting that the Black Lives Matter protests in the Capitol insurrection were both part of some coordinated campaign by liberals to bring about a shift in power in American politics. Democratic partisans used a carefully concocted myth, a lie, to bum rush America into overturning the old order and handing them much more power. It worked flawlessly. So why wouldn't they do it again? I don't think it's just Democrats who do this. I think it's the corporate establishment. I think it's Republicans as well. I think they hate Trump. But let's get to the, the, the nitty gritty here. There are some claims. We have this guy, Jesse Lairick. He is co-founder of Accountable Tech, and he's the spokesperson for Hillary Clinton. He said, Tucker Carlson smeared George Floyd tonight, claiming he almost certainly died of a drug overdose. It sickens me that the Floyd family has to endure this depravity, and I hope they sue Tucker and Fox for three billion which is apparently the only thing that changes their behavior. We have the Daily Beast. Tucker Carlson goes full conspiracy theorist, ties insurrection to George Floyd's death. Well, now Tucker Carlson's facing his sponsors, uh, a boycott of his sponsors, and he doesn't have that many left. The left has come before the, the leftists have attacked his show before and gotten, I think last time it was a couple of years ago, like 24 sponsors to bail out. Now, if you watch Tucker Carlson, a lot of the ads are for Fox Nation. Basically what I do when I'm like, hey, thanks for watching. Go to TimCast.com and become a member. It's basically what Tucker Carlson is now doing because many of his sponsors bailed out. I'd like to show you the story. This is what Tucker Carlson was talking about. New court documents say George Floyd had fatal level of fentanyl in his system. Defense attorney argue drug overdose and pre-existing health conditions cause Floyd's death. This is the defense. This is not the medical examiner. So while Tucker is entitled to his opinion, 
His opinion may be wrong. Let's read the story. This goes back to August 26th. They say, New documents filed in the George Floyd case give new information about the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's findings in Floyd's autopsy. Handwritten notes of a law enforcement interview with Dr. Andrew Baker, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner, say Floyd had 11 nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in his system. If he were found dead at home alone and no other apparent causes, this could be acceptable to call an OD. Deaths have been certified with levels of three, Baker told investigators. In another document, Baker said, that is a fatal level of fentanyl under normal circumstances and added, I am not saying this killed him. Defense attorneys for the officers have signaled they will argue Floyd died from the drugs and pre-existing health conditions. The new documents say Floyd had a heavy heart and at least one artery was approximately 75% blocked. Dr. Stephen Nelson, chairman of Florida's Medical Examiner's Commission, who is not affiliated with the case, reviewed the files and says that doesn't mean the drugs or health condition is what caused Floyd's death. We've all had cases where those kinds of levels come into play. You've got to look at the whole picture. It's one thing to die with something. It's another thing to die from something. Here, here, good sir. He's right. I think Tucker Carlson is off on this one. I think there's absolutely reasons to criticize the Democrats and their partisan plays, but I don't believe. Look, maybe I'm getting something wrong. You can comment below. While Floyd did have a lot of fentanyl in his system, well, it's hard to know if he died with or from. And the reason I say this is because it's actually an argument conservatives make all the time about COVID. And I think that, look, if you can't accept, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're trapped in an echo chamber, because let's be real. If someone dies with COVID and they put it down as a COVID death, we have seen many on the right complain about this. And it has happened. There was one guy who'd like got a motorcycle crash and he had COVID and they said, mark it as a COVID death. And it's like, whoa, 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 dude, the guy died from a, mo- the guy died from a motorcycle crash, right? If George Floyd had fentanyl in the system, but you literally have cops kneeling on his neck for 11 minutes and the medical examiner said that's what caused it. I don't know what else to tell you, man. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy. I think the, 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 the simple solution tends to be the correct one and tends to be. While it may have played a role, it's possible he would have survived. Much like with COVID, many of these people who, you know, I hear people say comorbidities and stuff are the real cause. They may have survived with those comor- comorbidities. Now, let me show you something. From NPR. Medical examiner's autopsy reveals George Floyd had positive test for coronavirus. Does that mean that George Floyd actually died from COVID? You've actually, you'll actually hear people argue that would count. Many on the left don't even look into this stuff. And that's led to a very serious problem where people dying with are listed as dying from. In this story from the conversation, quote, died from or died with COVID-19. We need a transparent approach to counting coronavirus deaths. They say the COVID-19 death toll is reported every day by state and federal governments. These numbers are often used alongside case numbers to assess how public health policies are faring in controlling the pandemic and to gauge the success of various drugs or interventions. There's been confusion, however, over whether reported death stats reflect those who've died from COVID or those who've died with COVID. Often it's hard for medical practitioners to determine which of these categories a death falls into. But the COVID-19 death toll publicized daily on Australian state and territory government websites and reported to the press does not differentiate between the two. It includes all people who've died with COVID in their body. It's unclear if the federal government currently makes this distinction or not. If we're going to sit here and say that we need that distinction because there are too many instances over the past year where people with COVID were listed as dying from COVID, 
The same thing needs to be said from George Floyd. He died with a lethal dose of fentanyl in his system, but medical examiners have said it was due to the actions of the police. I'm not saying that Tucker Carlson is necessarily wrong because it's an opinion based on legitimate data, but I am saying I personally disagree. And in my opinion, I think he's wrong. So let me clarify. Factually, what can we determine? George Floyd had this in his system. Tucker Carlson, who's not a doctor or medical examiner, has given his opinion based on this. And I default to the medical examiner, as I often do with the experts. The left is trying to get Tucker Carlson banned. I don't think it's legit. I also think it's I think it's just the typical outrage as per usual. I also think you have to understand there is potential here for politicizing George Floyd's death in this way. The medical examiner could actually be pressured to ignore the fentanyl and turn it into a social justice issue because basically everybody was angry and it does happen. That doesn't mean it's definitively proven it did. So listen, I am a man of requiring evidence. There is evidence to suggest it could have played a role, but then we have the medical examiner statement. If Tucker Carlson has other medical examiners who have issued statements to the contrary, I think it's important to hear. But for the time being, the medical examiner has straight up said, this doesn't mean that he died from fentanyl. We often see people die with and not from. That's important. If you think the medical examiner is lying and you think he's or he's bad at his job, I can respect the opinion in that regard, but I'm not going to go in that direction. Sorry. As for the woke outrage, y'all need to chill, but I get it. It's the grift, right? PolitiFact. Uh, we have this. It says bloggers, August 27th, coroner saying George Floyd died of drug overdose, not police brutality. And they say it is false. The two autopsies conclude his death was a homicide, which means his death was the result of another human. The Hennepin County medical examiner said that Floyd's blood work showed a fatal level of fentanyl, according to court documents, but he didn't say that killed him. I suppose there are people who just don't agree with the medical examiner. You're allowed. To, you're allowed to. That's on you. Tucker apparently doesn't. The left needs to calm down, constantly rolling for the censorship stuff. I'll tell you why I think this is really happening. And let's get to the meat and potatoes here, huh? I guess that was kind of the meat and potatoes. But let's, go, let's get to the ramifications. They're desperate for a boogeyman. Anything Tucker would say, they will use. They've tried taking everything Tucker has ever said and used it against him. My friends, I give you a glorious article from The Atlantic. I miss the thrill of Trump without quite meaning to. Trump reminded journalists that their relationship to power should be adversarial. Are you serious, dude? You need to calm down. But boy, does this one get amazing. This guy writes, covering the administration was thrilling for many journalists in the way that I imagine storming Omaha Beach must have been for a 20 year old fresh from the plains of Kansas. He hadn't signed up for battle, but there he was liberating France, France. (laughs) by the way, is where Trump called American soldiers who'd fallen in combat suckers and losers. And that's not even that's not even proven to be true. When this magazine first reported those comments, Trump supporters denounced the Atlantic story as preposterous and offensive, even as outlet after outlet confirmed the reporting. No, they didn't. They failed to realize that the preposterous and the offensive were the twin beacons of the Trump presidency. Journalists were merely going where he led. This was our own. This was our Omaha Beach. I, for one, would have rather been in Hawaii. Bro, complaining about the orange man in no way is comparable to storming Omaha Beach. (laughs) It's just the nerve of these people. That's really it, isn't it, though? I miss the thrill of Trump, they write. I miss it. 
Look at this. I, I love it. Look at you are doubtlessly annoyed as you read this, whoever you are and whatever you believe to have been a journalist in the Trump era is to have been annoying to everyone. You got that one right. A few journalists deserved your scorn because they thought their microphones gave them moral, not merely journalistic authority. Reporters did not really need to recite the poetry of Emma Lazarus or question the provenance of a pie baked by press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. In doing so, they helped no one but themselves. At least you got that one right. He says, journalists frequently found themselves assailed for contradictory reasons. We were at once Trump's enablers and his relentless tormentors. We did not fact check him enough, but also did not let him have his say. Listen, I get it, bro. The left was mad at you when you didn't yell at Trump. The right was mad at you when you did. Sure. The media industry is fractured and broken. That's the point. The Tucker Carlson thing is stupid and nonsensical. I don't care. The guy's got his opinion. Lots of people have opinions and a lot of people have really dumb ones. And Tucker Carlson is certainly not the worst. Rachel Maddow has espoused so much garbage, I can't keep track of it. You want to complain about Tucker Carlson's opinions? You're allowed to. I just disagreed with him. I disagree with Rachel Maddow when she says her nonsense. I disagree with all of them. I personally happen to think Tucker Carlson tends to do a much better job than the left. In his segment, most of what he was getting across was true or at least backed up by some data or fact that he bases his opinion on. But people are allowed to have bad opinions and they're allowed to be stupid. If you think Tucker Carlson was wrong in his opinion, you simply say so. And it's that simple. Instead, they call for an escalation of the censorship. They claim they're the ones storming the beaches of Omaha to free France. Yes, that's right. Trump must be removed and Tucker Carlson must be banned because, oh, they're evil opinions, poorly misinforming people and making them dumb. Listen, if you were going to ban Tucker Carlson over his opinion on, on George Floyd, then you're going to have to ban basically every single journalist over Russiagate because they were wrong on everything as well. And I called them out for it. I happen to think Tucker Carlson is wrong on this one, but I can understand why he believes what he believes. At the time, during the Russiagate reporting, I said, I'm not convinced, but hey, I understand why these people think so. I met with many prominent journalists and asked them what they thought about Russiagate. And I had some journalists from this magazine, The Atlantic, look at me in the face and say, I think he did it. We've got the evidence, man. Trump really was colluding with Russia. Definitely. Wow, really? Definitely. That's right. I'm like, okay, that's bold. And then it turned out to be nothing. It was fake. It was wrong. I didn't call for them to be fired. They're just playing this stupid game. Unfortunately, it actually leads to real world consequences. When they do this, when they scream this, what do we see? You are opening the door for other countries and nasty people to do exactly this. France recently came out, high profile individuals in France and said the woke critical theory culture of, of America is, is da damaging to their society and it must be rejected. Why? I don't think any of these woke outrage mob journalists actually care. I, I, I don't think they care. I really don't. I think they're feigning outrage for the sake of pandering to their tribe. They'll accuse me of the same thing. But dude, I literally just said I thought Tucker Carlson was wrong. OK, I'm not here to defend the guy. I'm here to actually fact check the guy and say I disagree with his assessment. I understand why he said it like I said. And I think y'all are calling for a boycott and act and feigning this outrage is ridiculous. You know, they should have said very calmly and simply there's out, out, actually they should be saying what I'm saying. They wouldn't need to there would be no uh, reason for criticizing these outlets if they simply just said, Tucker Carlson is basing his opinion off of this report. However, the medical examiner disagreed. Tucker Carlson is not a medical examiner. End of story. Can we move on? 
I don't think these people voicing their opinion should be banned any more than Tucker Carlson should be. But what they're doing, like I said, has real world consequences. This ridiculous article. Take a look at this story. The BBC is now banned in China one week after CGTN's license withdrawn in the UK. It's more of a tit for tat. I don't think it's necessarily the fault of woke journalists. I'm not trying to draw a complete correlation. I'm just saying when you start espousing the censorship outrage culture, then you open the door for other countries to do the same thing to the outlets you do like. Now, China has their reason for banning the BBC, you know, their CGTN's license withdrawn in the UK. So that's more of a tit for tat, not related to this. But how many times does there need to be a story about the left getting banned? Because recently we just saw a bunch of progressive YouTubers banned before the left realizes they are setting themselves on fire. You know what? I think I can actually answer this one for you and I can tell you the truth. Well, in my opinion, at least progressive YouTubers, they were stripped from their partner program. They were, they were some were censored and the left and, and many and leftist media will claim, oh no, oh no, it's such a bad thing. In reality, the journalists at the Daily Beast and Vice and these other outlets that are calling for Tucker's figurative head, they're probably cheering that progressives are getting banned. Listen, it's one thing if I compete with Vice or the Daily Beast, but I don't hold the same opinions as them. So they'll retain their leftist market, and they're not going to convince moderates, disaffected liberals or conservatives to watch them. The bigger problem is progressive independent channels, because then you actually start pulling people away. Now, that is a big problem. So, of course, they will never speak out in defense legitimately of the progressives who are getting banned. Look, there are some legitimate progressives who work at these outlets. Don't get me wrong. And they probably will. But I'm saying ultimately, these organizations are happy. We all will get censored regardless of with your if, if you're left, right, whatever. Less competition, better for them. Now, I'll tell you the real worrying ramifications in this one. It's this story. Breaking 911 says Twitter has locked both James O'Keefe and Project Veritas out of their accounts for violating our rules against posting private information, which escalated. Project Veritas is now suspended. Gone. Tucker Carlson gave an opinion. It was based on the medical examiner's report, but the medical examiner didn't conclude what Tucker Carlson thinks. Let's have a debate about it. Let's ask Tucker Carlson why he thinks what he thinks. And that's it. Getting that debate in front of his audience is the best way to actually challenge an idea you think is wrong. Project Veritas actually put out legitimate information, information that was threatening to the powers that be. So they've nuked Project Veritas. There was no big question. There was no outrage campaign. Just one day, Project Veritas was banned. They couldn't have the campaign. What would they complain about? Project Veritas is putting out misinformation. What's the misinformation? Literally, it's just a video of someone talking. Well, it's out of context. Sure. Doesn't the mainstream media do the same thing all day, every day? Isn't basically every interview that's ever been edited in any way misleading or out of context? You know, people don't realize this. When, when I go and sit down with an interview or when I, when I would with these big networks, I did an interview with Time Magazine. They didn't press record and say, Tim, tell us what you want to say. They asked me questions. They then edited those answers to questions they ask later. <clears throat> let, me, let me break it down for you. We've done this advice. I've done this before. You sit down with someone and you say, tell me about your life. Tell me about your job. What do you do? And then the producer will say, once the show, once the recording's done, they'll say, okay, Tim, can you ask these questions? They'll have a sit-in or a stand-in or even nobody. So, so let me start over. I'll be sitting in front of the interview, the, the, the subject, right? Maybe it's a guy who, uh, who builds igloos. And he, well, we want to learn about igloos. 
I'll sit down in front of them and say, tell me about building igloos, say whatever you want to say. They'll talk for a long time. Then that person says, thank you and leaves. I then stare at an empty chair and they'll say, okay, Tim, ask these questions. And I'll go, but how do you make the igloo? But well, how do you lift the heavy, heavy blocks of ice? How do you carve the ice? The goal is you have now this fake conversation. They edit together. That's how the media operates. And they would accuse me or these independent channels of being the fake news. They've always done this. So when you think you're getting a conversation, it's like the journalist will ask a question. What is your favorite food? And then the person goes, well, I just happen to really like pod thai. That's not a real interview. The questions were, were asked later. They were edited. And you might actually have, here's my favorite part is the out of context stuff where the journalist could go, what's your favorite food? And the person would go, well, most people would say something like, I just really like pod thai. But my favorite food is in fact, orange chicken. And then what they'll do is they'll remove the front and the back so that you only hear the person say that they like pod thai. That's how they manipulate. They do it all the time. You think it's a joke. You think it's a meme. It's not. That's why we need real raw, uh, you know, conversations and podcasts. That's why I don't like doing digital interviews for Timcast IRL, because I want it in person and raw live right there. None of this digital stuff that could be who knows what. Look, I don't know how much I care about this, to be completely honest. But look, I see stories. If I want to talk about it, I, I, I talk about it. This one I thought was interesting because Tucker said it was fentanyl and I disagreed. But I also disagree with the woke mob, woke mob trying to get him banned. And I'm also worried about Project Veritas being banned. That's disastrous. So you can decide for yourself what you think. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. We will be having a live conversation on cultural, social and political issues. We're gonna have an awesome guest, by the way. So make sure you check it out and I will see you all then.